0: hello everybody welcome to another episode of the love not fear podcast where we're on a mission to learn how to make decisions out of love and not fear my name is david hensel and together with my cohort edward brink we're on this mission to figure this out and we're excited that you're joining us edward what is our topic today
1: the topic today is the path from fear to freedom we run 95 percent of our lives on autopilot That means that habits that we have picked up over the years heavily influence what we feel and what we think. And -hmm. maybe to focus a little bit on doing and creating a bit more consciousness, we can make a huge shift over time.
0: Yeah, it really depends on what we do and not how we feel or what we think. I mean, I guess like how we feel and what we think influence what we do. But at the end of the day, the saying like, show me your calendar and how you spend your time and I'll tell you who you are. I think it's, you know... It makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Because sometimes we think like, oh my God, you know, my value is like, I'm a super family man, like family is everything for me, but we spend all our time at work, you know, and not really focusing on family.
1: Did you ever do that? Track where your time went?
0: Absolutely. My calendar is marked with time for myself, which is uh, yellow, time with the family, which is green, and business-related stuff, which is blue. So I can easily see where I spend my time.
1: Yeah, but, that, but what do you do with this do you uh, make corrections to that at the end of the day and do you have a no, moment I mean, in, I, in the week or the month where you look at what you want to change what works for you
0: i mean i have defined what is family time what is me time and what is work time and i used to be like everything was work time before and um you know i put put this into place to Make sure I'm actually spending the proper amount of time with you know, with the other areas of my life that are important for myself as well. And I'm using calendly to make sure I do not schedule something over something that's already blocked. And sometimes I violate, it, of course, um, and then you know I, I make corrections. But kind of predefining where I want to spend my time and really living by my calendar has helped me tremendously.
1: And did that really move the scale? Are you not only more conscious, but are you picking the fruits of of this not only this tracking, but and um, this making this alteration?
0: I mean, of course, you know what what you do on on a reg- regular basis, like a habit, will really shape you. For example, working out with my trainer three times a week and running three times a week definitely shaped me. Uh, if you check out the video or a picture of me, like. Five years ago, I have definitely a different physique than than I have today. So it definitely shaped also, I guess, you know, survey my wife in terms of happiness level of my wife and my daughter. I think this impacted it also drastically in terms of being more with them, there for them.
1: And you are a coach at managing happiness, uh, right? Besides yourself, did you see, uh, by implementing this, this is a part of managing happiness as well, what shifts did you see with people? What was the most effective thing that People started doing, maybe stop doing, to change the way they're to change their happiness, basically.
0: I mean, it really depends. In the beginning of managing happiness, we do the wheel of life, but you basically rate the different areas of your life. And then you pick which one do you really want to improve, you know? And then you define a habit that you want to work on. For example, if your social life is in shambles because you always focus on work or you know, you're not having proper contact with family, then you can schedule like a, a Sunday dinner at your house that you always host and invite people or, you know, it really depends on which area people want to improve, but definitely people have seen like massive drastic changes when they focused on habits that would improve the area of their life that they want to improve.
1: In business, most companies use a lot of KPIs to track where they're going. Anything that you don't measure, is hard to keep track of. Mm-hmm. I find it sometimes very useful in setting goals by numbers. For instance, planning, smart planning date night or workout—it's not only routine, but to make something a, to to track a new habit by counting the numbers of times that you engaged in an activity in this habit.
0: Of course, business one-on-one, what you measure will improve, and and magic happens. We also have a habit tracker. It's actually a group habit tracker because positive peer pressure is a beautiful thing when we're together in a group, and you see how I'm doing with my habits, and I see how you're doing. We're more likely to stick with them. Do the positive peer pressure, but yeah, absolutely. It's super important for me at least to track and see if I'm doing the things that I set out to do and how often I'm doing or for example, my uh, inbox zero habit. Basically at the end of the day, I always want to have all my emails archived, dealt with, delegated or deleted. So there's nothing in there only open tasks. And if I'm not getting to do this for over a week, I know that I'm overwhelmed, that I want to recalibrate something. So it's uh, it's definitely for me, it's really important to, to measure these things.
1: And it sounds like a a lot of work. Uh, Inbox Zero would Mm -hmm. hardly describe me, but it (laughs) gives you freedom, right? So these habits that are quite rigid, they give you freedom. Tell me a little bit about the the, the price you pay for this. I
0: mean, I guess it's definitely work because, you know, I get so many emails and, you know, of, of course, my assistant helps me with it as well. But at the end of the day, it's about not dropping the ball and i think a players don't drop the ball i consciously put the ball down and say i do not want to do this but i don't want to like just let something yeah like like not getting back to somebody or oops i want to do this but i didn't do this and so like it helps me to be conscious we talked about this you know, be, being conscious with the, the things that we're doing be conscious on like what do i really want to do and what do i not want to do and then Having the, the courage to say like, no, I can't do this right now. I can't commit to this. Let's revisit this next quarter. So it's definitely work and it takes me, uh, it's definitely effort to keep this, but it gives me a lot of peace. And uh, if I know I have like unfinished business, it, it gives me anxiety somehow, you know, so I'm really happy once I have my inbox clean.
1: Yeah. I heard you speak about a not to-do list. Mm-hmm are things that repeatedly get in in your inbox that you are juggling around with do they make it to your not to-do list and what does that make you feel
0: so for context my not to-do list is is derived from my improvement log and my improvement log is a log where i write down things where i have failed at and then finding ways to make sure this doesn't happen again so i'm a self-healing machine to to basically fix the bugs that I have in my system. Example is like, you know, morning routine. If I get up in the morning and I take my phone and I start reading emails or Slack or whatever, then I get sucked into this. And I still lay in bed and like, you know, read for an hour and answer stuff. And I'm not doing my morning routine. And so like goal is not to do this, to not use your phone before the morning routine is done. Or I travel a lot and my wife used to have friction because of this. And we sat down and talked about this. Like, how can we remove this friction and ask her what's acceptable in, in, in terms of travel. And she said 10 days per month. I said, okay, what if I want to travel more than that, then you bring me an Emma. And since we have this thing on the not to do list, I don't have, uh, this friction anymore, you know, it's, it's about creating systems and frameworks to manage your happiness, I guess.
1: So the, eventually what you're saying is the rigidness of, of having these, these processes in place. Keeping these routines, there's a price to pay, but the the gains are much higher. And this is something I I initially wanted to talk about that. there doesn't need to be a crisis to pick up a new habit. It's mostly uh, inspiration. You spoke about being in a peer group and what a peer group does is is it not only makes growing and learning more fun, but it also tells you in in what areas in your life, things might be off of scale, off balance. I could be beating myself up for something I'm I'm not achieving in my eyes. And if I recalibrate that and see other people talk about this, uh, I might find that, hey, why am I worrying about this? This is not a thing that really defines me or I'm not doing too bad at all. This thing I'm worrying about is not going to kill me. So the fears are most often out of perspective.
0: Yeah, it's a really good point. Uh, in EO, we always see this when we have our meetings, also in managing happiness groups, when people share the things they struggle with, and then they see that other people are like, oh, he's actually struggling with this as well, you know. Or I've been talking to my coach about like being super frustrated, I'm not moving fast enough, and he kind of listed the things that I had accomplished, you know, in the last month, and he told me that I'm a complete madman. Like, well, why am I, you know? I'm beating myself up over this, even though I made so much yeah. progress. So it's always good to get things out of your head and to get perspective is it, from, from from other people to get like a reality check, you know, because often like...
1: Progress is not made like a linear line. It's like up and down. And this yeah. is something uh, we beat ourselves up. with. We, we, the ups we're okay with, but the downs, oh shit, everything is, is off balance. And I guess by uh, you, the, the wheel of life, having an idea of how you're doing, where, where you are and, and what, what is important to you, Knowing that will take this process that it will not take as much energy in, in realigning. And we, we spoke many times in, in the podcast about the restart routine. It is okay to have a, a bad day. It's okay to fuck up. And like you said, put it on your list of, uh, of fuck ups. In the end, retrospective, they could be the stepping stones towards success.
0: Yep, absolutely. It's just about getting back on the horse, learning from it and figuring out like how can you do it and not just beating yourself up. Self up over it. it's like what can i learn from it how can i fix it being a solution oriented mindset and not in a you know acting out of love for yourself like hey let's do this versus like being negative and full of fear and beating yourself up
1: so i want to explore a little bit more about this freedom you like myself you probably get opportunities to participate in activities all the time new business ideas ideas that pop up in your own head there's this trade-off between freedom and not doing nothing and diving into that. Well, how much time do you spend on getting to know an idea or, or a thought or an invitation a little bit better before you choose maybe no, yes. Do you explore about that process? Do you have a routine for that?
0: Yeah, I have one, but I'm often not sticking to it because shiny object syndrome is a real thing and I, I like new things. So it's not easy for me to really stick to that. Um, but the idea is like, it's with, with all the bigger decisions that I make, like starting a new business or doing whatever I always run it through my, my core values and my mission and vision and the goals that I've set for the next 90 days. Um, because you know, if you switch too often or if I switch too often, I lose steam and it's better to just kind of like be steady and like complete the things that I have set in my 90 day goal and make sure I'm living up to this before I start something new, cause like, you know, I often start things but not completing the last 10% is always the hardest but there's also then where, you, where you're able to harvest the, the fruit of
1: your labor. For me when I'm overwhelmed with opportunities I make a list and, and rank them. How cool are they? How much money is there to be made? How much time does it take? How much fun is it to do it? What is the risk? And I only do this when I don't have clarity at all and then I, I, I'll take a piece of paper and make a list like that to see okay because a lot of the ideas are, are good, but not in the right timing or are missing mm-hmm. a key component, like a partner that, that has a, a piece of information or skills that could be uh, absolutely uh, necessary to make it a success. So there, there's this active story bank. I, I use uh, Notion for that. I have a lot mm-hmm. of ideas that are in, in phases from 10% done to 90% done. And then there's this huge memory bank of business ideas or opportunities that I carry around. And sometimes they pop up, things get together. It's really easy to start uh, picking them up like, uh, I don't know, I I did a DJ course last Mm -hmm. year, not because I wanted to be a DJ, but I wanted to do something new and want to learn about that. That was so easy to do that with a friend that we decided, hey, let's spend uh, uh, six uh, Tuesday nights on this. And we had a huge amount of fun. I still suck at it. I, I, I <laughs> forgot most of it, but it popped up. It was cool. It was easy. The barrier to do it was really low. And it was nice.
0: Mm. Yeah, I guess with fun things and that, uh, you know, something easy like this, it's cool. I think it important one is like if you start a business or get into something that is like really long-term consequences. And I always run through the filter. How does this change my day-to-day? Mm. You know, like, how much time will it actually eat? And can I manage this with, you know, the amount of time that I have left? Or, you know, do I really want to get into this new thing? Because then the other things suffer. Because, like, if I have something in my hand, you know, I can only have one thing in my hand. I have to put something down, you know, to pick something else up.
1: So it's definitely a challenge. There's a price you pay for doing the one thing and not the other. And anything that doesn't feel like work or an effort at all. Last year, I started in a platform around AI and working on that was actually a hobby for me. This is what I would do if I was low on energy. I would hmm. find ideas to work on there. So managing where your energy goes has a strong tie with your happiness as well. And yes, it's yeah, to have certain moments in the week where you can reflect on that and yeah, maybe talk to others about this. Of course, in a deep personal basis Uh, meditation will help with that to ease all the voices in, in your head and get some fresh energy to start the day but talking to other people it has never let me down in terms of payoff of the effort bouncing ideas of other people can be so liberating I once had a had an idea where I was really passionate about and I talked to a couple of people in one session it was a bad idea, and I, I dropped it mm-hmm. immediately. I didn't spend any attention on it at all. Was not eating any away time, money anymore, and that is that is uh, super powerful. So, yeah, so, liberating yourself this path from from fear to freedom. Include others. That's my two cents of the day.
0: So maybe the the call to action is like if you do not have a let's say a mastermind or a group of friends. Or, you know, if you're not part of EO, join EO or fi- find this group of people where you can run these ideas by and get the proper feedback to gain the clarity if you're wasting your time on this or not. And be careful that not to do this with the naysayers. Yeah, just find this, this right group of people that can be your sounding board for new ideas.
1: And, and don't be afraid to reach out to people that are barely in your network and ask them a question. I've reached out to people through LinkedIn and asked them a a sincere question. Hey, I have a question. Can I have 10 minutes of your time to ask you this question? Could be like a a CEO of a company that was way ahead of where I was and I needed input. And I found so many of these people were giving me their time and it was not 10 minutes. Don't be shy to reach out. The energy is good if there's sincerity. There is no issue at all.
0: Cool. Well, thank you for listening in. Please, we, we're not, we, we don't have any sponsors and we don't plan on having sponsors and we put some time and energy into this. I would love for you if you could like and subscribe or share this with somebody else who could benefit from this. Rock and roll. we we'll
1: see you in the next one. See you next time.